Chapter 2 The Graveyard Corinne and her father joined dozens of other people walking to the graveyard. It was an All Hallows Eve tradition to pay respect to those buried there. Many people on Corinne's island believed All Hallows Eve was the, was the one night when the dead had the power to seek out the living. Some said spirit jumbies came out to exact revenge on those who had wronged them. One of the two people of the island, the island feared jumbies more. In the stories, people told jumbies lived among people, hidden in the shadows, always waiting for their moment to attack. Mostly out of pure wickedness, most believed in them, but Pierre had taught Corinne that spirits and jumbies were all nonsense. So while some children clung close to their parents, Corinne was not afraid. She skipped ahead of everyone and began to sing, Ti-dong, ti-dong-dong, ti-dong, kupad tingel. The frog is hopping, 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 kupad tingel. A few of the braver children joined her, Ti-dong, ti-dong-dong, ti-dong, kupad tingel. As the cloud as the crowd got closer to the churchyard, their song trailed off. Children returned to their parents, and Corinne felt her father's large hand close and around her own. Fresh sea air was in the long, locked air of the sharp set of the salt water, wafted out of his damp sandals as he walked. His hands were warm and rough from working on the sea, pulling his nets full of fish. The old stone church came into the came into view at the top of a low hill. Corinne could just make out the 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 whitewashed tombstones and wooden crosses in the graveyard. Her eyes graveyard next to it. Her gra her eyes moved over the crowd. There was Laurent walking next to his mother with the both sun-baked skin and wide eyes. Lucia and her brothers walked ahead of their mother and father. Lucia's mother panted and tried to keep up, though it was hard, with the weight of her belly, with Lucia's latest brother or sister. I remember her, you know, Corinne told Pierre. I remember my mama. Do you? Pierre asked with a smile. She had thick black braids that fell down the middle of her back. Like yours? Just like mine, Corinne said with a smile, and her skin was the deep brown color of earth. Just like yours, Pierre said. Yes, and her eyes were round and bright as the sun. Hmm, how do you remember all of that? You tell me every day, Papa, Corinne said. Pierre's laugh mingled with the sound of waves that rolled back out of the sea. Pierre and Corinne quickened their pace and entered the churchyard, just as the final rays of sunlight threw an orange veil over the world. Orange magic, Corinne and her father said together. Your mama's favorite time of the day, said Pierre, his eyes filled with tears. Then we were at just the right time, Corinne said. She squeezed his hand and pulled him past the people who were already in the small graveyard, lighting candles and planting flowers. 
In a corner near a sapling tree, Pierre traced his hand over the words carved into a wooden cross. Nicole Lamer, beloved wife and mother. His hand lingered longest over. Nicole. He plucked out a white orange blossom from the sapling tree and tucked it into Corinne's hair. It still had the sound set of oranges, even though it had already begun to fall with its petals for the night. Corinne remembered when they had buried her mama in the ground like a seed. Corinne was four years old, and her mama had been teaching her to grow things. At the burial, Corinne had whispered, How long does it take for her to grow back, Papa? But the look on his face told her not everything that was put in the ground would give something back. A little orange tree had appeared next to the grave a year later and had bloomed every year since, but it was not the same as having her mother. Pierre took some candles out of his pocket and struck a match. He passed the flame under each candle. As the wax melted, he pressed the candles on the hard ground over the grave and lit each wick. The flames flickered with the sea breeze. Look, Papa, Corinne said, pointing toward the sky, like fireflies. Pierre had just looked up at the hundreds of flickering yellow flames hovering over the dark graveyard, when their light was eclipsed, was eclipsed, was eclipsed by a large man. The spirits are, to, are out tonight, my friend, the man said. His voice boomed over the tombstones as he clapped. Pierre, as he clapped Pierre on the back, Hugo, Pierre said with a smile, how are you doing? Hugo nodded, I'm doing all right. He patted himself, and as he did, little wafts of fresh flour puffed off his clothes. Hugo was the village baker. He always smelled of fresh bread and dough beneath his fingernails. Even his cheeks puffed out like pastry. Hugo touched his unlit candle to one of Pierre's. The flame doubled in size. Then they split into Hugo. Then they split too as Hugo's candle pulled. As as Hugo pulled his candle away, the dead walk the earth, little one. He said to Queen, "Aren't you afraid?" She touched her mom's stone pendant, smiled at her father, and shook her head. Hugo laughed. The sound carried over the graveyard and brought all the eyes. To the little corner, he pulled out a shiny, pulled out one of her shiny black braids. Not afraid of the dead, but are you afraid of losing? The other children have already begun their collections. Kareem looked at the balls of wax the others were gathering. This was the game they played while they were while their grown-ups cleaned up the graves and chattered amongst themselves. The, the one with the biggest ball of wax at the end of the night was declared the winner and had the right to glow on, on the walk home. I have another idea, she said. She reached for the nearest candle and pulled away the soft wax that had dripped off the side. Mind the clear wax, Corrine, Pierre warned. Corrine ran to join the other children who moved among the graves. Scoop. Scooping up handfuls of dripping wax and and balling them, and balling them up in their hands. 
Older children like Corrine knew to touch only the wax that was turning a cloudy white. Little ones either burned their fingertips of their fingers on the white scowling, hot transparent wax that was just falling or waited too long and tried to break off the already cooled hard white pieces. After they had visited all the graves, Corrine's friends left the churchyard with a, with a lumpy grayish with lumpy grayish balls of candle wax in varying sizes, but Corinne did not. Did you win? Pierre asked. Mine is not a ball. She had shaped her wax into a woman with long braids, just like hers. She showed it to her father, touched the wax, figured gently. You should still have one. Yours is pretty big. I don't mind, Corinne said. This is better. She looked at her friends, Luca and Laurent, Lucia and Laurent, who hefted lumpy wax balls larger than their hand. They looked at her and grinned. Corinne held up her statue and smiled back. Still not big enough, Laurent said. Not bigger than mine, Lucia said. Every, everyone held on their wax collections like prizes, though Lucia had been declared the winner. She went skipping ahead, but she had to keep stopping for her mother. As they all streamed back out to the road, Pierre stepped toward a woman who was standing alone in the shadows. Are you lost? He asked the stranger. The woman turned toward him and slowly shook her head. Queen could only make out the woman's face in the darkness. Her eyes reflected the moon like quicksilver. Pierre hesitated as if he wanted to say something more to the woman. Papa, Corinne called to her father. He returned to her side. Look, Papa, she said, uh, she said, she held up her doll against the moon. It's glowing, Pierre smiled. It must be magic, like you. Corinne followed her father's gaze as he looked back toward the shadows, but the woman was gone, and all she saw now was the empty,